Welcome to the Basilea Hollywood Podcast, a community of friends committed to the message and practice of Jesus and His kingdom. So God, in humility, we just ask for the very words of God for Troy, your very words for us today. And that he can stretch out and know how big, how big he can reach today, God. So we thank you. Amen. Thanks. Good morning. Hello. I um, I think we need to fix the lighting in here. I, I can't really see you guys. You guys are kind of like in the shadows for me. Uh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm meaning for like a future time, not right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll get some new lighting, and then I'll be able to see uh, your your amazing faces even even more. Um, I, pretty good for now, but anyways, I just like to, it helps me. Um, uh, today's teaching is a hard teaching, not that what we haven't experienced so far in Matthew's gospel isn't necessarily hard, but if you've been tracking with us, you've probably noticed a trend that following Jesus, living as a kingdom person on this earth, can be difficult. And today's text is no different. And the one thing that I want to say today, the main point is this. When we do what God says, we can experience rejection. When we do what God says, we can experience, we will experience rejection. And today we're going to be looking at two examples of this. They're actually back-to-back in Matthew's gospel. The first illustration, the first story is about Jesus. The second is about John the Baptist. And then we'll talk about um, maybe some practical things that we can be thinking about as we head into ministry time and invite the Holy Spirit. Sound okay? Okay. Oh, and, and before I forget, because I have been known to do that, I do want to preface this. I do want to preface this by saying um, something you probably already know, which is that when you follow Jesus, it's not all bad. It's not all suffering and rejection. And it's, there's also joy. There's also deep, immense celebratory dancing and joy, okay? Uh, it might not be experienced in the ways that we thought, but we will experience both joy and suffering. So I just want to sort of put that out there, lest you walk away thinking the gospel is rejection. <laughs> and you will go home and cry yourself to sleep after a big brunch. Okay. So when we do what God says, we will experience rejection. If you have a Bible, 
Go ahead and open it to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, starting at verse 53. Uh, Don Williams, can you, can you actually come up here? Sorry, I, I, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I am. At, at, any, point, at, any, at any point during what happens right now, you can say, I don't want to do this, and go sit down, and there's no shame, okay? Um, I was wondering... Um, if you could read the text. Okay. <clears throat> On the microphone. Is that okay? All right. Okay. And there's actually, because we have two texts, I'd love for you to read this one. I'm going to talk a little bit about it. And then I'd love for you to actually stay up here, read the second text, and then I'll talk about it. Is that okay? Yes, sir. Okay. Afternoon, everyone. This is Matthew chapter 13, verses 53 through 58. When Jesus had finished these parables, he moved on from there. Coming to his hometown, he began teaching the people in their synagogue, and they were amazed. Where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers? They asked. Isn't this a carpenter's son? Isn't his mother named Mary? And aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Aren't all his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his own town and in his own home. And he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. Thank you. Wasn't that cool? Wasn't that good at reading? I just, yes, sir. I heard you were good. <laughs> another, another unemployed actor. <laughs> so if you just want to, if you just want to hang out right here on the couch, uh, I'm gonna blab a little bit. Thanks, Don. This story is crazy. I am familiar with the story. You might be like me in that you've read the Bible. Uh, you're familiar with a lot of these stories, and um, you know this thing of what is it? Familiarity breeds contempt. It's like the, there's something about um, being so comfortable with something that it can lose its punch. And I know for me, uh, has been the case with this text. So, among other things, Jesus was a prophet. No, it's okay. <laughs> yes. There it is. <laughs> and it's very tidy. It's not actually, it doesn't look very powerful. But a prophet was actually very powerful. Uh, so when we talk about uh, a prophet, what, what are we saying here? So in the Old Testament sense, a prophet was a person who was chosen by God to do stuff. Uh, namely to communicate his will to a person or to people. And many times the prophet was able to perform miracles by the power and the Holy Spirit of God. Jesus fits into this category in his time. And Jesus was going around teaching and performing miracles. He had a reputation as a prophet. Um, now, of course, you know, 
uh, he confused a lot of people. People didn't really know what to do with Jesus because he didn't quite fit into their uh, ways of thinking, their ways of understanding how God works, how he does things. Jesus broke a lot of that. And so there was a lot of misunderstanding. And here uh, we see that Jesus was actually rejected in his hometown. Now, um, oh, everybody, uh, let's give a round of applause for today, just real quick, because that was awesome. And I also want to say that uh, the people, our people who run slides, who are on the slide team, it's, it's one of the lowliest jobs uh, or ways to serve on a Sunday. It's like, I mean, look, you're back there in a cave and you just, it's like you're forgotten. So don't forget to say hi to whoever is running slides. In this case, today it's Danae, okay? And we also need some more people to help with slides actually while, uh, while we're talking about it. So um, if you would like to help, which we really need help if you're just looking to serve in some way, but maybe you're not sure what that could look like, uh, we need help running slides. So talk to me afterwards, and, um, and we'll go there. Back to the text. So Jesus uh, is coming home. He had amassed a reputation as being a prophet, and he's coming home. And I'm imagining, as he's, as he's walking home, in his foreknowledge, in the Spirit, in his head, he's hearing that song, that wouldn't be created till you know recently. I'm coming home to the place where I belong. Your love is all of me. So that's how I picture this going down, but maybe not. I'm not sure. I'll ask him. The other side of heaven, or I could pray about it now. Um, Anyways, so Jesus is coming home. He's coming home to his hometown. He's coming home to the place where people knew him as a boy um, and where his family was. And to me, this text, again, it's got this punch that I would uh, normally miss, that being people are amazed at Jesus, right? He does his normal thing. He, He teaches. They're like... He has wisdom way beyond his years. He's in his his early 30s, right? And he's performing miracles. He exercised demons. He cast them out. He told them to get out. Um, He would heal people. He would restore sight to the blind. Uh, People who are paralyzed, he would say, get up and walk. He would forgive sins. He's doing all this crazy stuff with authority. And at first... His hometown, they're like, whoa, this is crazy. And they're astonished. They are astonished. But then, here's the, here's the, the weird, crazy, insane part about the text. Then they're offended. And I'm like, but this is Jesus, son of God. He's doing his thing. Surely he wouldn't be rejected by anybody for doing what God has asked him to do. Wrong. Jesus was rejected 
as he did what God was asking him to do. We shouldn't expect any less. You know, he has a saying, uh, something like, if such and such has happened to the teacher, how much more, I know I'm probably botching, I know Bill's laughing at me, Bill's, Bill's got a, you know, he's getting his doctorate in PhD, New Testament, and, and actually, um, if I'm ever up here and I have any questions about anything that just comes up, I'll just ask Bill, you may have noticed that. Um, he's he's kind of like our unofficial Bible guy. Um, so, anyways, uh, and you got a haircut and you look great. So, Jesus is rejected as his hometown is offended by him. And I was really confused. This is confusing to me. I sat here thinking about it. Why were they offended? Got to thinking about it. Oh, okay. The key is in the text where they say, wait a second, wait a second. Don't we know this guy? Isn't he the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother Mary and his brothers and his sisters are still here? Like, he's one of us. Maybe if Jesus was a prophet who had come from a faraway place, maybe they would have been more receptive to hearing what he had to say. But because they knew him, they were familiar with him, they, t- they took the attitude of, uh, he's a nobody from nowhere. He can't be special. He can't be better than us. God could not have chosen him. Out of, out of all of us, God chose this guy? I don't think so. And they were offended at him, and they rejected Jesus the Christ. Jesus did what God was calling him to do, and he got the boot. Let's go to our, uh, our second example. Don, can you read the text? I might, we should just get a mic for you that just stays. Let me clarify that. I'm an actor between jobs, not an employee. Never say that. <laughs> Wasn't thinking. Okay. At that time, Herod, the Tetrax? Tetrax. Tetrax, okay. Heard the reports about Jesus, and he said to his attendants, This is John the Baptist. He has risen from the dead. That is why miraculous powers are at work in him. Now Herod had arrested John and bound him and put him in prison because of Herodias, his brother, Philip's wife. For, for John had been saying to him, it is, not, it is not lawful for you to have her. Herod wanted to kill John, but he was afraid of the people because they considered John a prophet. On Herod's birthday, the daughter of Herodias danced for the guest and pleased Herod so much that he promised with an oath to give her whatever she asked. Prompted by her mother, she said, give me here on a platter the head of John the Baptist. The king was distressed, but because of his oath and his dinner guest, he ordered that her request be granted. Wow. And had John, and had John beheaded in prison, his head was bought in on a platter 
and given to the girl, who carried it to her mother. John's disciples came and to look at his body and took his body and buried it. Then they went and told Jesus. John the Baptist. He was also a prophet. His message was, the kingdom of heaven is near. Get ready because the king is coming. And when he comes, he's going to establish the kingdom of God on earth. He's going to separate the wicked from the righteous. He will be full of the Holy Spirit. And there will be justice. So get ready. Repent. And John was very familiar with speaking truth to power. He did this not only to his own contemporaries, uh, to his own people, uh, the religious leaders. He's like, you guys think your bloodline will save you. Wrong. Repent. And do what God is calling you to do. John also had no problem speaking truth to power to the Roman government, specifically in this story, Herod the Tetrarch. And there's, uh, so this story is crazy. Um, it's full of lust and power. And so uh, many scholars think that the reason that John specifically called Herod the Tetrarch, he was uh, the ruler uh, at that time, during Jesus' uh, ministry, was because Herod was actually claiming to be the king of the Jews. And so th that's why there's this sort of extra fire with John the Baptist. That's evil, that's wrong. You know you're sinning, you need to stop. So he challenges Herod. And what, is he, what, what happens? He gets thrown into prison. And it's interesting, Herod had this sort of, we get this from the other Gospels, um, he respected John in some sense. He was also afraid of John's followers, um, you know, like rioting, but he was also a Roman official. So he's kind of torn. So he throws him in prison. Uh, Herod is, is taken over by his lust and his power. What do I mean? He takes his brother-in-law's wife to be his own wife. That's Herodias. And then on his birthday, he has a, uh, a dance from his niece, Salome. And he's aroused. And he says, he's so aroused, he says, ask for whatever you want, I'll give it to you. Prompted by her mom, headed John the Baptist, Get that guy just out of here. And so Herod's torn. He wants to save face, right? He's got to hold up this I am the king sort of thing. So he doesn't, I don't think he actually wants to kill John, but because of his pride, he does. So because of his lust and his power combined, he not only has John thrown in prison, but then murdered, beheaded, executed. John is doing what God asked him to do. 
and he gets murdered. And what's interesting is that, and I know Brady has talked about this before, the thing to which John was doing, preparing the way for the Messiah, the anointed one, the Christ, the King, Jesus, and for the kingdom to come, this, is, this was John's calling. This was his message. This is what he was proclaiming and calling people to. He did not get to see the fulfillment of the kingdom. Talk about trust in God. It reminds me of Moses in the Old Testament. God called him to lead his people 40 years to the promised land. The promised land was the goal. And he never got to live there. He died before it happened. Can we be faithful to the calling God has upon our lives, no matter what the results There's also another interesting contrast that I wanted to point out in regards to power. Talking about Herod, right? King Herod versus King Jesus. King Herod exercises his authority by taking life. Jesus, our king, exercises his authority by giving his life. And we as followers of Jesus, are called to be like him. Are we lording it over people? Because we all have spheres of influence. You may not be a CEO, but that's okay. You do have a sphere of influence. You do, we all have power in some capacity. We all have lust. We all have desire. Are we being ruled by those things? Or are we being like Jesus? and making room for other people, taking care of other people with the resources, with what we do have. I'm glad Jesus is our king. He's our example. He is our pioneer. He is our model. So, in conclusion, when we do what God says, we will experience rejection. And one thing I do want to say before we head into ministry time is that I'd just like to sort of zoom out a little bit and just say that, um, well, say that when I say when we do what God says, we will experience rejection. Um, it's, it's direct yet very broad. And earlier when we were praying, uh, Kayla had heard a word about Jesus and the Holy Spirit wanting to bear fruit in us. And, you know, in John 15, Jesus talks about um, our purpose is being connected to him. And as we're connected to him, 
He fills us with his love. And as he fills us with his love, we're able to then give that love away. And so God is calling us. This is the exciting thing. God is calling each and every one of us. No one here is excluded. God is calling us to be a people of his kingdom. God is calling us to follow Jesus and to be part of his kingdom project, new creation, and to step into something that is way bigger than ourselves, way bigger than our hopes, our dreams. I'm not trying to push those aside, but there is a priority. And the kingdom, God's stuff, is the priority. Because that's the stuff that's going to last forever. That's the eternal stuff. The stuff is eternal. Uh, when we talk about fruit, you know, Jesus says, I'm calling you to bear fruit, to go and to bear fruit that will last. God is asking us not to um, do things that are like, meh. But he's actually inviting each and every one of us to uh, produce fruit that will actually last forever. This is no small thing. This is no small call. Jesus is the king. He has risen from the dead. He is alive. He has poured out his Holy Spirit on us. And he has things for us to do. And we're not to do it alone. We're to do it together. Amen.